Hello, guys, and thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I have a powerful word today from the Lord. I must admit, when I first got the word, I'm like, huh? But nevertheless, let's go. So as you can see from the title, the title is Esther Stand Up. Queen Esther's, where are you? God is saying, it's time to stand up. It's time to emerge. Because I believe we're living in a season where the, the blessings of the Lord and the favor of the Lord is going to be upon his queens like never before. So he's wanting me to speak on the book of Esther and to the beautiful women of God. This is going to be a part one series. Um, the part two series is going to be for the men. So this part, part one, which is the Esther's, stand up. God is speaking loud and clear. And there are some things that God wants to deal with before the crown emerge. Let's go. So the Bible says in the book of Genesis 2 and 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So we know that there is a difference between being alone and being lonely. And God wants to distinguish that today. God is saying that some of you weren't called to be alone to do this thing on your own. And he knows the hearts of his daughters. So he's having me to speak on his behalf today to let you know that he wants his queens to emerge. And no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you experienced, no matter what is come or may, God came to set the captives free. And I believe that through this teaching today that the queens are going to emerge like never before because we're going to deal with different aspects of our lives and the things that we go through and things that need to be broken off and things that need to be imparted in order for you to walk in God's best and have what God says you have. Because his promises are yes and amen for your life, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what labels people have put on you. So the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 18 and 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtaineth favor from the Lord. But God wants me to highlight the two operative words here, which is he who finds a wife, not just a woman, not just a young lady, not just a girl, but he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the operative word is favor. So when God begins to bless you with your significant other, there's going to be a favor released upon you. And I believe that even at the end of this, this uh, teaching that we're going to begin to release a favor over your life, that you may obtain it, that favor that God has for you and the spouse that he has for you, because what God has for you is for you. But we're going to deal with some things throughout this journey and throughout this teaching. So the, the God says before Esther or a crown could emerge, there has to be a removal of Vashti. And we all know the story, right? He says, humility before honor and pride comes before the fall. So before the crown can emerge over us, Vashti has to be removed. So he gave me some uh, bullet points and some things that some characteristics, uh, according to the word of God, or what Queen Vashti's qualities were. 
And God wants to hone in and deal with these things because the last thing you want to do is miss the blessings of God. Or once the blessings show up, we tear it down with our own hands and our own mouth because of the things that we have not dealt with, that we have gone through in the past or even in childhood. And that's a lot of reasons why sometimes we can't see the glory of God manifest over our lives because we have not dealt with the past. We have not dealt with things that are play, that are ailing us and plaguing us. The, in, the things the enemy has sent on us as children to keep us messed up until we are 80 and 90 years old, right? So we're going to deal with that today. And we're going to decree and declare the blessing and the favor of the God over your life. So what were some of Vashti's qualities? <clears throat> so what the Holy Spirit began to show me here, he began to show me some of her qualities. So defiance, rebellion, pride, conceit. <clears throat> so what does that look like in our modern day? It could look like the hustle culture. It could look like I don't need a man culture. It could look like independent woman culture. Come on, y'all. Ideologies. Come on. What we think we're supposed to be and do based on our past experiences of what our moms and grandmothers and other women that have been surrounding us, our friends have gone through. We've taken on that identity. So God wants to break that today. It could be through a broken mindset. Um, you're viewing sometimes through the lens of hurt. Sometimes we don't view through the lens of God, but through the lens of hurt. And God wants to deal and heal us today, right? Disappointment, broken trust, betrayal, revenge, backlash, slander, incest. We're going to deal with corruption, parental abuse, and even family and friends that have projected their hurt and that have skewed your percep perception of what a real marriage, a godly marriage, a kingdom marriage should be. So we're going to deal with that today. And I just thank God for the Holy Spirit. And I thank God for highlighting and bringing things to our minds and to the forefront. Because the enemy will love nothing more than for us to conceal it. Or to tell, for pride to tell us that there's nothing wrong with us. That there's everything wrong with man, but there's nothing wrong with us. And I'm here today to tell you that God wants to deal with the, the, the innermost private things in your heart today. Because the Bible says that God requires truth in our inward parts. Because I'm here to tell you that being married and now divorced, I'm just going to be relatable and I'm going to be transparent. And being married and being divorced, I've been on both sides of the spectrum, right? Single, married, and now single again. So I do have some insight and some wisdom that I can impart. But everybody's story is not the same in everybody's circumstance. So we're going to let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into all truth today. Because only he knows what you deal with privately, right? And what you have dealt with and what you go through. And how you really feel about something. So... The entrances, that the things that I just named, right? The things that we go through, right? We go through so many things in life and life takes us on so many different journeys, right? So many different types of relationships, you know? And so many times you have thought, okay, God, this gotta be it, you know? Uh, how long do I need to wait? Or I've been waiting for however long. The word of the Lord came to me 
in 2002, uh, Indian guy, a prophet, had strong prophetic anointing and gift on his life. Yeah, I was at the altar and he was giving out prophetic words and I was at church and he said, the Lord is setting up someone for you today. He said, in the past, you have had a problem with trusting, right? He said, but the Lord is setting up someone for you today. He said, God is taking you out of self-preservation mode. That's what the word of the Lord was for me. So what did I do? The Lord is setting up somebody for me today. And of course, my pastor being mature and a prophetic, he said, just be careful. You know, you take the word of the Lord, you know, in prayer, but just still keep doing what you're doing in the church and just being, you know, being, um, you know, in a relationship with God and don't, you know, because sometimes that prophetic word can lead you off of the right path and into the path of destruction. I would have to say after that word came forth, it wasn't even six months until the enemy sent the counterfeit. Because what we need to understand is the enemy comes not for you because you're all that, not for us because we're so high up there. It comes for the word's sake. The Bible says the enemy comes to snatch the word, the promises of God from out of your life. So when a prophetic word is spoken, he's coming for that word immediately immediately. And I've given my testimony in two other videos, my kingdom spouse, my testimony, and a word of caution for kingdom spouse. There's two videos and I'm going to link those videos right in the description because those um, stories that I have and my experiences, that is something to learn from that. You know, God takes us through things that we could be a blessing to other people. So let's deal with some of the demonic entrances and doors that have been opened up over our lives, right? As a result of just the enemy coming for the promises of God from over your life, as a result of the enemy coming um, just to steal, kill, and destroy. He's coming for, you know, all of the things that God has promised you, right? And one of those things is a Boaz, right? Is a godly man of God, is a kingdom marriage because God honors marriage and covenant. The Bible says two are better than one because they have a better return for their work. If one falls, they can pull the other one up. It is not good for man to be alone, but God will make a helper suitable for you, right? So the enemy comes because there's more power in numbers. One could put a thousand to flight, the Bible says, and two could put 10,000. So there's strength in numbers, and when you are joined and when God has joined it, let me talk about that because the Bible says what God has joined together, let no man separate. But I'm here today to tell you that God did not join a lot of relationships and a lot of marriages. It says what God has joined together. And a lot of people think that their enemy is coming against their marriage or coming against a relationship. But really, did God really join that thing together or did the enemy join it together? See, one thing you have to understand about the enemy, he will join you with one of his workers, right? And then after he join you, he'll have that, that person who he have assigned to you to destroy your life. Hear me and hear me good. So some of the demonic interests and doors that have been opened up, 
What is the answer to these doors that have been opened up? I'm going to name some things, but there's always a way of escape that God will provide his women, his, his queens, his daughters, because guess what? He loves you and he wants the best for you. So we're going to deal with some of the demonic entrances and doors that have been opened up, even as a result of the, for the word's sake, or a result of our disobedience, or a result of generational curses, or result results of other things uh, that the enemy has sent on assignment to, to mess you up from a child at five years old to keep you messed up until you're 50. So we're going to deal with those things today. And the answer is always deliverance. But we have to, I always say this, and you're going to always hear me say this. Humility comes before honor and pride comes before destruction. You have to humble yourself and be willing to admit that you need deliverance and that we need to be set free from some of the things that the enemy has attached to us along the way of our journey, this, this thing called life. And it's okay. There's no condemnation, right? But we're going to deal with um, what does this look like? What does deliverance look like? For some, it could be counseling. For some, it could be spiritual warfare and generational curses being broken. For some, it's cutting off toxic relationships that the enemy has assigned to your life. You know, when God gets ready to bless you, he sends a person. And when the enemy gets ready to mess you up, he sends a person. So you have to be able to discern the difference. And the only way you're going to do that is by the wisdom of God. Okay? The Bible says... Wisdom is the principal thing. That means first things first, you need to get wisdom. So you cut off toxic relationships from both men and women that lead you to destruction. For some, it would look like forgiving parents. Come on. And that were never there or just in a way you thought they should have been. See, a lot of things that we bring into relationships, into marriages, into friendships, into relationships even with our children and relationships even with just everyday people, it starts from childhood. And a lot of times we go through childhood traumas, right? At no fault of our own. Sometimes we just come into it, right? Because we, we can't help what family we were born into, but it's God's divine order, his divine plan. Even in that, he has a plan, right? God knew what family you were going to be in before he created you. But he always provide a way of escape. But we have to be willing to be have an open heart and a humble heart that he is able to do the work, right? And to manifest his glory. I was just listening to a testimony the other day where the lady had, was dying of cancer and God took her, you know, um, to hell and she... Uh, and, and, or to heaven. And she asked uh, Jesus, you know, did this come from, you know, my ancestors or a, a result of my disobedience? And no, no, I'm sorry. She asked an angel of the Lord, guys. My apologies. And the angel of the Lord told her, no, it wasn't because of any of that. It was because God wanted to manifest his glory. And of course, she was healed from the cancer. Once God manifested his glory, and you see that in scripture, where G the man came and asked Jesus, was this a result of my fathers or ancestors? And Jesus was like, no, it's, it's so the glory of God could be manifested, right? So God knows everything that we're going to go through. Our days were written even before one came to be. So this may look like for some deliverance, right? Forgiving abuse of people that violated you sexually, mentally, physically, socially, psychologically, Renouncing demonic altars or man-hating spirits or fantasy. 
I was in a deliverance session years ago and Apostle John Eckhart has an awesome mantle, deliverance mantle on his life. And he was in the sanctuary doing deliverance and I was so excited to be there because I knew that this was my calling and I just wanted to glean and I wanted to learn from him. And I was just pulling on his anointing and I was just, because I didn't know what to expect. All of this was new to me, right? So I'm looking around and he's casting out demons, you know, just in a corporate setting, not anyone particularly. He was just calling out different spirits. And, and but when I tell you when the things that he began to call out hit me, immediately I started crying. I went from looking around to just crying because when he said, I rebuke every man hating spirit, sometimes you don't know you're walking with things or walking with unforgiveness or you're walking with uh, uh, spirits until the deliverance starts to take place. And I knew then that the, the demons were leaving, the man hating demons, right? And so man-hating spirits or spirits of fantasy. What is spirits of fantasy? Living in your head, always fantasizing about what it could be or who it could be or whatever. God doesn't want us to live in that world. Altars of fantasy, breaking word curses that have been spoken over you or that you have spoken over yourself. They are words right? That have been spoken over you and words that have been spoken over your life that need to be broken. Word curses, what we as children of God and even people of God that are not saved, what we have to realize is that we are creators, right? God created us for his personal pleasure, but he also created us to create. So he creates through us, right? But what we don't realize is the words, the word curses that has been spoken is still in operation. It's still moving. So when somebody speak a word curse or you speak a word curse over yourself, those spirits are still in operation. Why? Because you were born to create. And until those words are broken from over your life, ungodly word curses, they're still in operation. So it may have been something that somebody has said to you as a child that those words are still working and moving in your life because they have never been broken, right? But we break them off today in the name of Jesus. And so we have to look at all these entrances, all these doors. And now another entrance is mind control, right? And I want to read something on mind control. All right. This is the deliverance manual from Apostle Eckhart. I've I mentioned this before, guys. You got to get it. But I want to mention this uh, mind control that um, the enemy has, you know, set up. Because sometimes you can think a decision that you're making is actually your decision when it, when in, in turn, it can be the enemy working through your mind because things have not been broken off. But we have the mind of Christ, but we have to first begin to deal with the strong man before we can be set free or we can plunder or we can like pull him down. So it says mind control spirits can control the mind and affect the way a person thinks. If evil spirits can control the thoughts, they can defeat the individual according to Proverbs 23 and 7. Mind control is very important spirit in Satan's arsenal. People can receive mind control spirits through music, rock, jazz, disco, and the like. Meditation. Remember I talked about manifestation in the other video and witchcraft. Okay. 
reading certain books, drugs, and alcohol, or anything that alters the mind and breaks down the hedges, according to Ecclesiastics 10 and 8. Passivity, a passive individual. That's, that's a passive a spirit, right? Or a passive individual would allow, um, that's a person with no boundaries, right? Because we want to be like, we want to fit in, or we, we want people to like us, or we don't want people to be mad at us. So we're so passive and we allow things. When God is wanting us to set boundaries and put boundaries in place, that's similar to putting a hedge of protection. We're responsible for the things that we allow in our life. So the spirit of passivity, controlled by another person, exposure of mind to false teachings and psychology, pornography, and so on. And it goes on and on and on. Mind control spirits can also be inherited. You show me a, a, sometimes a passive per individual, I'll show you a passive parent. So the hedge has not been there to protect a child, right? They have tentacles and resemble creatures such as the octopus and the squid. Migraine headaches are caused by mind control spirits. Hear me, guys. Mind control works with insanity, mental illness, schizophrenia, intellectualism. Have you ever met them people that are so smart and so had so much intellect, but they had no spirit of God in them? And they begin to worship their intellect and they know everything, right? And a host of others that operate in the mind. Mind control also gives a person the ability to control the mind of another. Many pastors and church leaders have very powerful mind control spirits. Why? Because they have a lot of influence over people. So it's easy for that spirit to operate if, a, if the leader is not careful, right? So it can come through a leader, right? Worst place to come because you are, your spirit is open and it's susceptible. This is why when God shows you and gives you red flags, it's a very important that you don't put that person higher than God. That you allow God to minister and show you what it is. Because I've had that happen. I've had God to show me. And the minute I began to obey God, that spirit came at me with everything it had. Hear me and hear me well. You have to be very, very careful of that because your spirit is already opened up to receive from that person. Be very careful, guys. So it talks about uh, leaders, right? Very powerful mind control. False teachers and cults also use mind control to keep people bound to them. These spirits hate the anointing of the forehead with oil, and this is helpful in binding them. Also anointing the top and the back and the sides of the temples of the head is sometimes necessary. When a person receives deliverance from the mind control, they are able to think clearly for some, the first time in their lives. In attacking mind control, some come against the tentacles by asking the Lord to send angels to sever them. This is vitally important, guys. Vitally important. So, as God began to deal with all of these things, wherever you find yourself, you just begin to renounce and repent. And we're going to do a prayer at the end of this. Because, see, we're still talking about the Queen Esther. But we want to not squander or not um, see the blessings of the Lord because we're blinded or we're still operating in hurt from past relationships. We want to be free indeed. Now, let me just say this. 
We have to understand that we are people and we are flawed individuals. So we will be getting delivered until Jesus come back. So there's no um, uh, end to this, right? And 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 it's, and and it's an end, but there's not an end, if you know what I mean. Like because we're not perfect and we're going to make mistakes and things are going to happen, but. To be able to see more clearly and to be able to walk in the things of God, it helps big time when you have had a lot of deliverance. Not perfection. We're talking about progress, right? So there's no condemnation and there's no thinking that you have to be in the straitjacket. God is just wanting to deliver you so that you can even see clearer, so that he can begin to bless you. So when he put Boaz in front of you, you can see him for who he is, the man of God that he is, and not the counterfeit that's going to come along, right? So breaking this spirits of mind control, we breaking the spirits of divorce, miscarriages, the incubus and the succubus. Those are enticing and seducing spirits, guys. Sometimes you'll have a dream, right? And I'm not the only one of doing, having sex. And you know, that's not the way of life and that's not the way you're living. But God has shown me even in that, I was able to break that because those are incubus and succubus, which means they're enticing spirits that would try to put that in your spirit so that when you awaken, you can have a desire for an ungodly thing. And, they, and the goal is for you to walk it out. But see it for what it is. Because I kept saying, Lord, why am I dreaming about this? And then God was like, it's an enticing spirit. It's a seducing spirit. Break that thing off. And I'm telling you, by the power and the blood of Jesus, let God arise and every enemy be scattered. I'm going to help somebody today. I'm telling you because the only way sometimes we can honestly identify is that we help someone and we be transparent, right? So... Enticing and seducing spirits, lust, jealousy, envy, and resentment, hatred for other women. Sometimes that starts in childhood when you didn't have a good relationship with your mom or grandmother. It, 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 it flows into mother-in-law. Once you get married, it flows into friendships. And yet that has to be broken and severed off. And sometimes broken and severed off can just mean you need to forgive the people that have hurt you. Right? And it's Okay. Because we've all gone through betrayal at some, at, to some degree and some level. So soul ties, that's a huge, that's huge. Anytime, you know, you come out of a relationship, even with an abusive uh, spiritual authority, even with uh, an ex-husband or even with old relationships, you always want to break off soul ties. Because those spirits are still operating and they go into your next relationship. So you want to repent and renounce and you want to break every soul tie in the name of Jesus, right? Some of you are still tied to other men that has never been broken off and the spirits of others are still operating in your life. So you are looking through the lens of relationships that didn't work out. You can see clearly once those things have been broken. You see the counterfeit clearly when things have been broken. You wonder why sometimes we go through the same relationship with just a different person. They're doing the same. They have the same abusive behavior. And it's like a destructive cycle. It's like being on a treadmill. You're moving, but you're not going nowhere. 
and you're encountering the same spirit, it just took on a different form. And why you keep going in those destructive cycles? Because soul ties have not been broken. Breaking false expectations. Always expecting the worst in relationships or saying it will never work out because his zodiac sign is this. Breaking off or and renounce and repent and allow God to restore you back to his original plan for a spouse in your life. So the Bible says in Proverbs 24 and 3, by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. This is why the first things first, the Bible says, get wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's not just physical, but your spiritual house as well, right? So a wise woman can build her house, but a foolish woman can tear it down. So God can bless you with a marriage and then you tear it down with your own hands and self-sabotage. Why? Because things are still operating from generations or divorce is still operating from generations. I had to go in my bloodline and break all of that off. Once I got a divorce, I had to break that off because I don't want that going into my child and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and my great-great-great-grandchildren. So once I got divorced. And even though I know I was well within my rights to be divorced, it didn't matter. I still repented for it. And I still broke that off of my bloodline. So sometimes we don't think that just because we have, you know, we went through something and God had to remove us from a situation that we still ought not to go back and break that off. You, it needs to be broken off. God did such a work in me. It was amazing. It was amazing, guys. What I went through in my divorce, it was amazing. Because when I tell you, he, I prayed, right? I don't know if you ever heard of Joan Hunter. She has an awesome healing anointing and a healing ministry. And um, God had me to follow different people in different uh, seasons in my life, right? Excuse me. And so he had me to follow different people in different seasons in my life. And one of her healing uh, ministries is to heal people from traumas, right? The anointing, she has the anointing to heal people from trauma, from pain and all of that. And I simply just took what she said and applied it to my life. And so then I was able to have God to erase the hurt and the trauma that I went through from the cellular memory. Because what we don't realize is, even though the thing is still not operating in our life physically and we have moved on, you still have the hurts and traumas in your soul. Beloved, I desire for you to prosper even as your soul prosper and be in good health. So God wants your soul to be healed from traumas and pain. So I just prayed and asked God to remove the hurt and the trauma from even the cellular memory. What does that look like? That looks like once he removes the pain and trauma from the cellular memory, you know you've gone through it, but you have no association with it, right? Like Jesus said, the enemy is coming, but there's nothing in common with me when he comes. That means that that trauma and pain happened, but I have no hurt or trauma in my soul that associated myself with it. It was so at a supernatural rate, guys. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I repented. Because I even apologized to my ex, even after we had separated and divorced and gone our separate ways. It was so great. God did such a, a, a supernatural thing that by the time we went our separate ways, he got his apartment. He left the house and he got his apartment and everything. I was able to go to him because I sold him my washing and drying, right? I was able to go to 
um, his house and wash my clothes. Never slept with him again. I never slept with him again. I was able to forgive him, completely forgive him, completely forgive the, the woman who he cheated with. I was able to completely do that. We were already cool, not even two or three months after we divorced. In fact, when I went to the court, because he didn't go, you know, the day of the um, hearing, he didn't go. He was still at the house, but he was sleeping in one room and I was sleeping in the other. And the judge asked me, she said, where is he? Where, where's your, your husband? I said, he at home eating some hot dog. And everybody in the courtroom started laughing. She said, you guys are still in the same house? I said, yeah. She said, well, where is he going to go? Once I said, well, he should have thought about that before he did what he did. Everybody started laughing again. But I wasn't really even trying to be funny because we were able to still deal with each other even though we weren't together. And that was nobody but the supernatural power of God. Not to say I didn't go through any hurt. Not to say I didn't. But when I left that thing, I said, Lord, I don't want nothing in me that is in common with the enemy. I don't want any hindrances. I don't want any delays. And I was willing to humble myself over and over again. Even after it was all said and done and still apologize to him because his perception was his reality. And that's the revelation God gave me, be it good or bad. A person's perception is their reality. And then you have to take a, a accountability for the role you play in things. Even though somebody may have done something to you, to, for every action, there's a reaction. So it's more to be having a good marriage than somebody just not cheating on you. There's way more that go into it. <laughs> way more. And sometimes as women, we think just because we don't cheat on somebody and they cheated on us, that we was a great wife. <laughs> hear me and hear me well, because I'm going to help somebody today. Today. To get that crown and to get that favor that God has waiting for them, that Boaz. And it starts with looking within. We have to take accountability for the part we play in things. For every part, we, we played a part in something, right? So a wise woman is built her house and by understanding is it, it is established according to Proverbs 24 and 3. It's not just physical, but your spiritual house as well, meaning the inside, which I just mentioned. And the Bible says in Proverbs 25 and 24, better to live on a corner of a roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. That's huge. That's huge. Because that means that is an annoying, irritating thing, right? To be in a house with a quarrelsome wife is better to live on the corner of a roof. We have to look at these things because God put this thing, these things in his word for a reason. He created us. He know us as women. He know us. Come on, ladies. He know us. So Proverbs 31 woman, and we all like to claim that we are Proverbs 31 woman, and we are because that's what God really created, but we want everything else to fall off so that Proverbs 31 woman can emerge, so that crown can be set on your head, Esther. So the Bible says, charm is deceitful, according to Proverbs 31, 30. And beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So let's look at this. Let's look at um, Queen Esther, right? Let's look at the things, you know, that happened 
in her life. Let's look at her positive qualities. We just looked at Vashti, right? Vain, beauty, uh, defiance, disobedient, right? So this, before I move to Esther, go, Esther 1, 16 through 20, the New King James Version, it reads, and mama saying, I hope I'm saying this right, answer before the king and the princess. Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also the princess and all the people who are in all the providence of King Azuzas. For the queen's behavior will become known to all women so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes. And they, when they report King Azuzas commanded Vashti, Queen Vashti, to be brought in before him, and she did not come. So we know the story that the king summoned for her, and she just said she wasn't coming. Now, you have to know how things operated in protocol back in those days, that when the king summoned for you, you don't say you don't come. You come, right? Obedience, right? To this very day, the whole noble ladies of Persia and Media will say to all king's officials that they have heard the behavior of the queen. Thus, there will be excessive contempt and wrath. If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out. Here come that decree again, what I talked about in the revelation of the kingdom of God. When the king issues a decree, it cannot be changed. So it says, when the, let the royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes so that it will not be altered that Vashti shall come no more before the king Azusas and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. When the king's decree, which he will make, is proclaimed throughout all his empire, for it is great, all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. So the Bible says that discretion will preserve you and understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. So basically what the guy was saying in the book of Esther is it wasn't just about Queen Vashti not coming, but the things that we do as women affect generations and ultimately nations. So God is saying the, the, the behaviors in our life not only affect us, but it has an influence on our daughters, on our grandchildren on the generations to come because if they had allowed Vashti to get away with what she did it would have skewed and altered the, the vision of what they what a queen should look like and what the example of a queen should be so God wanted us to hone in on the decisions that we make as women is not just for us our daughters are looking at us our sons are looking at us our grandchildren are looking at us it affects nations which is why you have the culture of the independent woman culture where you, we would say, oh, I don't need a man. You know, I went through that. I was telling my son that I, I've been through a generation because of my age where I've seen, you know, my mother and father was married for 46 years. So I know what, it, I know what a, a marriage should look like. But I also seen that generation transition and, and kind of move away from that to it went into the 90s to the independent woman culture. I don't need a man culture. And I'm telling you, you will have what you say. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing like a man that takes care of a woman. There's nothing like a man that, that loves a woman, a man that honors a woman. 
that even though we may say things, we don't realize we have set some things in motion. Those are word curses. Those are things that you have set in motion that need to be broken off. Because what it is, God shows me, is a defense mechanism because of the hurt, because of the betrayal, because of the things that we've gone through, or the things that we have seen our moms go through and our grandmothers go through. So we take on this independent woman culture. It's nothing wrong with being independent. It's nothing wrong with that. But the but being independent and um from an absence of a man is a problem because God said it's not good for men to be alone. Not to mention most women really do want to be married, but because of hurt and pain and disappointment, we put up a defense block and a mechanism that try to pretend like, you know, I heard um, a pastor say one time, just because you saying something does not really mean that you don't really want it. Telling somebody you don't need them does not still change the fact that you really, you really need them or want them. So we have to be very careful of the mindsets and ideologies and the things that has been passed down or the examples that we have seen to not allow that to skew our vision and to allow God to renew our minds and to rebuke the mind controlling spirits that have taken on uh, set up um, personalities and false personalities in our head to make us think that we want one thing and it's depriving us from the very blessing that God is trying to give to us. So. Queen Esther, before the crown, how did she prepare? Everyone's preparation for marriage will look different because of our different journeys and circumstances, but God's biblical principles will remain the same for all. That means the word of God will stand. No matter what our journeys and our circumstances may look like, the principle and the word of God will stand. Now, the method he may use for each individual may be totally different. But the principle of the word of God is for all women, right? And for all women, Queen Esther's, that he is calling to the forefront. Let's look at some of Queen Esther's qualities. One of the qualities that I noticed immediately with Queen Esther was obedience to authority, particularly male. You see this first with God. Her allegiance was to God first. And in order for you to have a... Uh, uh, the right vision and to see the man of God who God will place in front of you. You have to have a direct, um, the right vision of what a father looks like. Because sometimes when, if your father wasn't there for you as a child, or if your father was abusive or whatever you went through, or if he wasn't there at all, he was just absent completely. Sometimes it's hard for us to view God as being the great father that he is because we didn't have an example of what they really looked like. So we first and foremost have to have to see God first and to have God first in our lives and to know the type of father he is and to ask God to, to begin to show you his fatherly qualities and to begin to show you what that really looks like. Because once you get that right in your head, then you can begin to see the Boaz and the, the kings that God will present you right and bless you with and, and you will begin to see them through the lens of Christ. Because Christ is the head of a man, right? And the man is the head of a woman. There's order to this thing. But sometimes we don't have order because we never had the order in our home, right? But God is breaking all of that off today. You're going to arise and you're going to be blessed and your children will raise up and they will call you blessed. There is no condemnation. But God is wanting to highlight and to rebuke the enemy on your behalf and to raise you up, Queen Esther, for such a time as this, right? So... 
You see God first, right? That was the first thing Esther saw. If you looked, if read the, uh, the book of Esther, you'll see that she had an awesome relationship with God, right? And the type of relationship she had with him. And then you see that through her relationship with her uncle Mordecai, who raised her because her parents were deceased. She was an orphan, but didn't allow her circumstance to dictate her destiny. Now, she was an orphan. We have so many of us that walk in the victim mentality because of what we've been through. But how many of you know Queen Esther was an orphan, but she had so much the joy of a, the Lord and the right view of who God was that she allowed uh, her uncle Mordecai to raise her and she honored and respect him. That was the second thing that I saw. And she listened to him and she obeyed because he followed God. See, the thing about it is it's easy to follow a man when he's following Christ, right? It's easy to do that. But we have to look at the men through the right lens as well. Okay, so she was an orphan, but she didn't allow her circumstance to dictate her destiny. There was no victim mentality as we, as women, will sometimes live in. Oh, look what they did to me. Oh, they sexually molested me. And I'm not minimalizing the hurt and the pain, guys. Trust me when I tell you. I done been through a lot. I'm not, but I'm here to tell you that in order to go forward, you can't look back and go forward at the same time. See, the enemy is called the demon of the past. He will continuously have you hone in on all the things that were done wrong to you so that he can keep you stuck in a place because the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. God wants you always to be progressive and moving forward despite the pain, despite the hurt. And he can heal those traumas in your soul that I just talked about. But you have to be willing to to say, Lord, Lord, just heal my soul from the trauma and the pain. And I forgive these people and I want to move forward and I want all that you have for me. Hallelujah. So the preparation period is another thing that I saw with Queen Esther. Allowing God to do the work, all things in his timing, capital H-I-S, his timing. Be anxious for nothing, the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, but by everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. But be anxious for nothing. And I say this, and I say this time and time again. Patience is a secret weapon that would, dis that would expose deception. It's a secret weapon. It's one of the fruits of the spirit, spirit for a reason. Patience is the secret weapon that exposes deception if you wait on God. Because what you see, and I think I spoke about this in my other videos about the kingdom spouse. And I talked about how this woman went on a three-day fast because she did not know this man was love bombing her. He was like the perfect guy, right? And he, after that three-day fast, what began to happen was God began to expose him. He accidentally butt-called her. And when he butt-called her, she heard the whole conversation with him and another woman. She said, but the, from his, the way this man acted, you would never even think. But see, God is a merciful God, and he is a God that loves his daughters, and he wants the best for you. And I begin to implore you that if you have sought God for a spouse, and if you are dating or if you think that that man is your spouse, go on a fast. Because the enemy is very cunning, and he's crafty, guys. I'm telling you, I gave my testimony. You got to go back and look at the videos. And you want God's best. You don't want nobody to pull you off of the wrong path into the path of destruction that will have your, your life held up. Uh, there was a prophetic word that came forth for one of my son's friends at a church I used to go to years ago. And the prophetic word was, 
your, your friend that was talking to my son, the prophet, the prophet, your friend is a woman that's uh, coming in his life or he's dating. And if he married her and if he go with her, God says it's going to hold up his, his life. I, I forgot the number of years that he was going to be held up and, and held back, that he was not to marry that woman. You better know the enemy's plan because if he can't stop it, he would delay it. But the devil is alive. Jesus came to set the captives free and to, de to destroy the works of the devil. And that's what he's on today. That's the, what God is on the move today. And that's what this is about. So there's a preparation period that God will allow to do to work all things in his timing. Be anxious for nothing. Favor follows humility and humility comes before honor. You are not born a wife. It is God who prepares us. God prepares us to be a wife. And some of that preparation may not feel good, but it's worth it, guys. Because marriage is a beautiful thing when it's done with the right person. It's glorious and God honors it. And there's uh, honor. He honors the marriage covenant. He created it, right? So he, he honors it. So it's a beautiful thing. And the enemy knows that. So I'm not saying that when you find a man that once you get delivered, everything is going to be perfect. That is not what I'm saying here. It's easier when that person is following Christ. It's easier when you have been delivered. It's easier when you are equally yoked with the right partner. It's not perfection, but it's a different type of road that you would take a, a blessing and a favor that you would not have experienced in the world. Because why? You're on the right path. When you find the man, and when he finds you, you find a flawed individual. Hear me and hear me good. There's no such thing as a perfect spouse, right? No such thing. But there is such thing as a blessed union, right? There's no such thing as perfection. Because you're going to have problems. Some things don't even come out until you're in the marriage. <laughs> I went to premarital counseling and I went to counseling while I was married. And I'm here to tell you some things don't even come out until you in the situation. Why? Because now you are uh, experiencing people in a different way and you are giving parts of yourself that you didn't ordinarily give when you were just in a relationship with regular people. So some things don't even emerge. But if you are in Christ and he's in Christ, it's easier. Prayer. When you guys are going in the same direction and you have the same values, when you have the same values and you have the same focus and Jesus is the focus, things happen totally different from when they do when you're in the world or when you are saved and the other spouse isn't saved. That's a whole nother situation because that's what happened to me. Two people, one following Christ and one following the devil. It's like a head on collision. You don't want that. And that spirit knows how to lay dormant until you're in that marriage. So now you have to live and do what God says and then deal with the enemy head on. Know who labor among you, the Bible says. Know the spirit of the person. Seek God above all else, not emotions. Emotions will lie to you. But the spirit of the Lord is the truth that lives in you. And you want that truth before you enter into that union. But he's blessing the Esthers in this season. And I thank God for the word of the Lord. So Esther did not reveal, um, Esther did not, according to Esther 1 and 10, Esther had not revealed her uh, P 
people or family for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal. And every day Mordecai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. Now Proverbs 13 and 3 says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life and who opens why his lips comes to ruin. So Mordecai had employed Esther not to let them people know that she was a Jew, where she was from. In fact, her name was Odessa. But then she changed her name. He changed her name to Esther because if the king, had, she was brought into the palace, they didn't want to know because they know that they hated the Jews, right? So discretion will guard you. God will give you instruction on how and the when and the who, right? And we have to be paying attention to that. So Esther 1 and 12 and 14 says, this is how they prepared. Each young woman's turn came to go into the king Azusa's after she had completed 12 months of preparation according to the regulations of the women. For thus were the days of their preparation appointed, six months with oil and myrrh and six months of perfumes and preparations for beauty of women. Thus prepared, each young woman went to the king and she was given whatever she desired to take her from the women's quarters to the king's palace. In the evening she went and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women to the custody of Shajaz, the king's Enoch who kept her, kept the concubines. She would not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and called her by her name. But we know that Esther had favor with the king. So we know that we have to be equally yoked with believers and God confirms both the, confirms that both who your kingdom spouse is to the man and the woman. He gives confirmation to. Hear me and hear me well, because witchcraft is running rampant right now. Manipulation is running rampant right now. God will give confirmation to both parties. This ain't lopsided. One person ain't going to know that, okay, God is saying that that's my kingdom spouse, but he don't know it. Come on, somebody. God don't do that. God do not override a man's will. You have to know that. God told, told it to me really simply like this. If I don't make you choose salvation, then and which is the most important decision you will ever make in your life, why would I override a man's will to make him be with a woman or to, to manipulate or to make him act right, right? We pray for our spouses if they're not saved and our behavior, like the Bible said, can win them over to the Lord. But God will never override a person's will. So... God confirms, if God has said this, told you this is your spouse, then guess what? He's told both of you. I've seen this time and time again. I experienced this. God would never tell one person one thing because why would he do that? Why would he tell you this is your spouse, but the person don't even know he's your spouse? Come on, somebody. And it's not up to us that when God shows us things to try to make it come to pass. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. You see this time and time again in the Bible when Eleazar, the, the um, um, uh, man of God, was sent out to find Rebekah for Isaac, right? You have to know that God will put you together. He knows where you are at all times. You don't have to try to make yourself present. You don't have to try to be seen. God knows your every move. He knows everything. Every day came, before every day came to be, he know where you're going to be tomorrow, what store you're going to be at. He know what church you're going to. He know all of that. And I'm here to tell you that my unsaved spouse, we got together, we in church. <laughs> so, you have to be careful that just because a person goes to church don't mean that that's of God. 
And, and not only that, you have to know that you guys have, if God has purpose for you to be with someone, then you guys have the same, not only the same values, but the purpose is on the same path, right? Even though you're individuals, when God puts you together, the two shall become one. So you guys' purpose are together. So being equally yoked with another believers, right? God will always tell both parties, not just one person. So if, if that has entered your mind, know that God is not the author of confusion because that would confuse a person, wouldn't it? He's not the author of confusion. Don't let the enemy trick you. So 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnerships has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. So I'm telling you, it's like a freight train. When you marry somebody and I'm telling you that spirit will remain dormant until you get married and then all hell breaks loose. And now because you are in Christ, you still have to love this person through all the hurt and the harm because we have to do it. That's what the word of God says. But God provided a way of escape, and I'm so grateful to my Father in heaven. He will always provide a way of escape. And I'm going to tell y'all this. When I was going through in that period, two things happened. First of all, I was in an apostolic prophetic church, so God, the word of the Lord was coming, right? But at the same time, God deals with married people differently. It's a gentle thing, right? And God would never absurd authority because remember, even though that man isn't saved, he's still over you. That's why I say whatever you submit to, you become subject to. You better be careful what you submit to. I remember God showing me one time, the first time I went through this, um, I've only been married once, but I was dating this guy, right? And I remember having a dream. And the dream, I was in this house. And the house, the roof of the house, I can see, you know how you can see the two by fours and it looked like all the sheetrock was ripped out. And it was just like a shell when I looked up at the house and God was showing me this was the covering that you was getting ready to pull up, put over your head. It was a mess. And I knew immediately God quickened me. That house was the spiritual house of that individual. So when God is getting ready to position you, he will show you things. If someone is not for you, he will show you. But it's up to us to listen. So. It says, do not be unequally yoked. What does fellowship has light with darkness? What is the purpose of marriage? To glorify God and live out his plan for your lives. Esther 4 and 13 and 17. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all of the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, re relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told him to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Sushuan and fast for me, neither eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, let me perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. There is so much meat in this because there's a purpose that God will bring you to the palace for such a time as this. Your destiny has purpose. Whoever you're with has purpose. That God had a purpose for her life. And she fulfilled that purpose, even if it meant she would die because she would stand up for the jewels for the Jews and actually come against the Haman who was trying to annihilate the, the Jews. And what he would have did was annihilated generations. 
and God called Esther to the palace. So your marriage has purpose. Your destiny has purpose, Esther. God wants you to arise today and get in your rightful position. And I just call your life into the divine order of God. And I break off every hindrance, every delay, and every spirit that would try to infiltrate your purpose and your destiny right now. Every trauma or hurt, Lord, I pray that you would erase it from the cellular memory from your daughters. Every, every pain and every trauma, Lord, I pray that it's healed and that your anointing of fire will consume every evil spirit at work. I bind the demon of the past that would keep her looking back when she should be looking forward. I come against every demon, Lord God, every destructive cycle right now in the name of Jesus. And we release the angels of war to go forth and to bring Boaz and to align Esther's with the assignment and the, the purpose and plan of God for the lives of your daughters, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that no evil will befall them and no plague will come nigh their dwelling. A thousand may fall at their side and 10,000 at their right hand, but it will not come nigh thee in the name of Jesus. We break off every spirit of man-hating spirit, every spirit, Lord God, of incest. Every spirit of incest right now is broken. Every spirit of betrayal is broken. Every spirit of grief, every spirit of resentment and jealousy is broken. God says, drop the charges. Let them go. Let that parent go. Let that ex-lover go. Let those toxic relationships go. God says, arise, Esther. Take your rightful position for his best is yet to come. For you're walking into a season. You're walking into a time that God will arise and he will bring you before kings. And, you, and he will bring you into your divine husband. He will bring you into the, the blessings of the Lord, the favor of God. I just release that over you today. I release God's favor, his anointing, and his increase right now that the scales will be removed from the eyes and the hearts will be healed in Jesus' name and that the traumas will be no more, that even as Shedmach, Reshach, and Abednego, nobody smelt like smoke. So I pray that it will be erased from the cellular memory, that they will begin to move in you and walk in you and have their being in the name of Jesus. So let, let's look at this. So according to Proverbs 31, we just decree Proverbs 31 over you right now. We decree and declare, and therefore it is established that you will walk in the things of God and that you will be blessed in the city and in the field and whatever your hands find, they will be blessed. And that God will bring the men of God in his timing, that you will be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and petition, make your request known unto God, Esther. It's time to arise and let every enemy be scattered. Ladies, be blessed. God has a plan for your life and his plan is always working. We bind every counterfeit. We bind every counterfeit and every imposter that would try to come. That Lord, that you would send angels to make every crooked way straight and every path smooth. That they will begin to walk and move in you. And Lord, the patience, Lord God, they will have. We release patience where there was anxiety, where there was worry, where there was pain and hurt. And Lord, we pray that they will begin to see you as the father and the man and the husband that you are, Jesus. That they will begin to be spoiled by you and that you will bring a man in their life that they, he, they will be blessed and that they will see the salvation of the Lord on their lives. In the name of Jesus, thank you so much for watching, ladies. I love you much and to God be the glory. Like, comment, share, and subscribe if this has blessed you and so that many other women can be blessed and that God can bless the, the, the algorithms and the people because there are so many people that need this. And I thank you for watching in Jesus' name.
Until next time, I will see you in the part two. Boaz, you're next. Bye, loves.